0: That's the last song that they sing. Hallelujah. It's telling God that, Lord, this is the highest praise that we can give you. And that's what hallelujah means. Lord, I praise you. Today, as we look at the word of God and listen you're going to see a man that's going to give God the highest praise, not with just his mouth, but with his very life. This man will pay the ultimate price. He will be the first martyr of the church. It comes a few years after Lord Jesus had returned to heaven. We're going to be in Acts chapter 6 and chapter 7. We're going to be looking at the life of Stephen. Stephen broke the mold on how we are to do church. Stephen demonstrates or demonstrated, shall I say, what church is all about. It's not just coming to a place to fellowship like we are now. The life of a church member, the body of Christ, is supposed to be displayed to the world every day, every moment of the day, every hour. There are no distinguishment in which we are not supposed to show ourselves to the world and show that God is God and that Jesus Christ, the Son of God, paid a, a horrible price to redeem us. But let me tell you something, when you live a life such as Stephen lives the world is not going to be happy with you. You're going to create enemies. But right now the reason why people are really not pressing the church is because we're really not out there being a Stephen. So I'm hoping that through this sermon today that there will be awakening at least among us whether you're an adult or a teenager or a preteen that starting today things will be different for you for me and we're going to be looking here at something that really wasn't pointed out probably before to you and the significance of this is Stephen was an in, up-in-your-face type man of God. <clears throat> I mean, he was bold, he was direct, and he didn't pull any punches. And Stephen loved Lord Jesus so much that when people looked at him, they thought they were looking at an angel. That's how much his life radiated Jesus. He showed the brightness of Jesus in his life. And when he spoke the word of God, the Holy Spirit moved profoundly in this brother. That miracles began to take place as this brother went out and preached the gospel. The same miracles the apostles sitting back in Jerusalem were supposed to be performing. We're going to see it in the life of this man. A life that was cut short because people didn't agree with it. But I'm telling you, this is exactly what the Holy Spirit has commissioned you and I to be like. Not to be your way. Gospel preachers, gospel teachers, whether you're male or female, are not supposed to have their own agenda in how the gospel is supposed to be delivered and how we're supposed to go out and live that. It's supposed to be according to the movement of the Holy Spirit with every person. And that movement takes along your personality. Because I can't go and be friendly like Shelly, or I can't go and be like Mr. Dave. I can't go and be like Miss Marie. But you can go and be like yourself. And when you're like yourself, walking in Christ, God will use your personality and your attitude, your looks and your whereabouts to draw people. And when you begin to speak the gospel message to people, just as you are not trying to be Billy Graham, hello, or Tony Evans down in Dallas, that's none of us. Mark is Mark, Clinton, is Clinton. Okay? Be yourself. Be upright, be bold and courageous, not worrying about the results, leaving the results to the Holy Spirit, and watch God begin to change people because of you, because of Christ in you. Watch your life begin to take on a whole new form. Are y'all ready for this? Let's go before the Lord in prayer. Hold on just a moment. I don't want to be a casualty up here. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for the finished works of Lord Jesus. And though his portion on earth was completed, yet his sons and his daughters have taken up the mantle, and they're going forth. And today, Lord, you're going to allow us to look look at one in particular, Stephen. We're going to take a look at his life and how this man had more than just zeal for you, Lord Jesus. You was his life. And he wanted people to see you. And he wanted people to know that the same Jesus that was here is the same Jesus living in him and working the same wonders, the same miracles, performing the same signs. And he wanted people to believe in you and to trust in you with their very life. And he knew the scriptures and he proclaimed the scriptures with boldness. And when facing opposition, he did not step down. He stayed the course, Lord. And you knew that on that day that they were going to kill Stephen, it broke your heart. But, Lord, the results of his works, his obedience to you, Jesus, brought in a multitude of people into your kingdom. And that's what you've called all of us to do forget about our own health and safety. Forget about our own agendas, but operate in the spirit. And when we operate in the spirit, spirit, our health will take on a new form. Our agendas become your agenda because we take on your agenda in us. And everything that we have to do, Lord, we do it for you and for the glory of God. And that's what this brother did. And we thank you that you left an example of him for us to follow today. And we're asking that by your Spirit, you transform us now to do the works that Stephen did with the same kind of boldness, the same kind of courage, and the same kind of wisdom. Will you do that now, Lord? Will Holy Spirit now come and speak your words to us as we sit and listen boldly to you from heaven? Have your way now, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 In chapter 6, starting at verse 8, we're going to recap a little bit in the book of Acts. As we continue the, the preaching series on the Acts of the Apostles. Although Stephen was not an apostle, he had the same power, the same authority as they did. And you're going to see actually Stephen do more at this point than the apostles. And Stephen is showing you and I that four walls cannot contain the gospel. And that when he speaks in the name of Jesus, things happen. And that's what we're going to look at. Look at verse 8. Matter of fact, let me back up to verse 7. Then the word of God spread and the number of the disciples multiplied greatly in Jerusalem. And a great many of the priests was obedient to the faith. So something was happening in Jerusalem. It was upsetting business as usual among the priests. When the gospel, when they heard the preaching of the gospel, those men realized, wait a minute, now keep keep this in mind when they're thinking. These are the same men that shouted, crucify him, crucify him to Pilate, about Jesus. Now there are followers of Jesus. Do you see what happened? And it said a great deal of the priests believed in him. Because you got people like Stephen and the other deacons. Notice now this wasn't happening while the apostles were doing things only. It's when God added the element of deacons. And those deacons relieved the apostles to go and concentrate solely on the word and on prayer. But they themselves also took care of the house of God and they took care of feeding widows and orphans and the daily administration of the, of the ministry. And they also preached the gospel. Amen. And they performed, God performed miracles through these seven brothers. And this one in particular, I mean, he took on a whole new life. And he went after this with everything in him. And that's the way we have to embrace Jesus. With everything within us. (coughs) Don't hold back. I'm telling you. If you take on this new nature, the activities of the new nature in Christ, the new birth. You are a new person. And everything you do now has been restructured and reorganized by the Holy Ghost so that your sole purpose for existing is to exist for Jesus. And if you haven't taken on that kind of nature, then something's wrong. If you don't want to eat, sleep, and breathe Jesus, then you can't be his disciple. And if you have decided to make that long-life commitment to be like that, stop holding back, including me. The Holy Spirit has been beating me up about this. Stop holding back. When you're out in the streets, make yourself known. Let people know who you are representing. I met a sister in Christ in Hitchcock on Friday. Hadn't seen her in a long time. Talked to her, come to find out she just recently lost her job. And she's a wonderful musician. Loved the Lord dearly. But she was facing some crisis in her life. So right at the cash register in Hitchcock's, I heard the spirit tell me, pray for right here and right now. And I kind of want to get on about my business because I wanted to pick up stuff that Hitchcock was donating. And I felt that urging, that, 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 that movement of the spirit saying right then and there, pray for her right now. So I pulled my hat off, put my arms up on her shoulder. I said, we're going to pray right now. She said, okay. And right there with people in the takeout lines watching, stood right there and prayed for her. God knows what he's doing. So if you take on the character of Christ, when did Jesus ever stop doing his father's work because he thought he was in the wrong place? Wherever he was, he was always in the what? Right place. And the timing was always what? Right. Right. So people want to tell you uh, there's a time and place for that. Yeah, it may be true. Yeah, right now but when the spirit that's right but when the spirit tells you to do something you do it right then because who are you obeying and who nature have you taken on now have you taken on the nature of the world or the the nature of Christ okay and therefore if he's telling you to do something we have to be courageous and bold and do it where right then and there that's Stephen watch and see what the Holy Ghost does with this brother verse 8 And Stephen, full of faith and what? Power. Power. That means he had dunamis. That's the Greek word there, dunamis. The same word that we get dynamite from. Other words, Stephen's life was very explosive. When he went out, things happened in the spirit world. Not only in the spirit world, but also in this physical world. Wherever, Wherever Stephen went, things happen. Are you hearing me? He was not ashamed. He was not bashful. Stephen went for it. Okay? And that's the same thing God is calling you and I to do. Be bold, be courageous. And that is, this isn't the first time that God has told you and I to be that way. Y'all remember a man named Joshua? In that book, in the first chapter, God goes to Joshua and says these words, My servant Moses is dead. Now, how would you like to hear that? You say, Now get up and lead these people, this people, across this Jordan. And he said, Do not be afraid nor dismayed, but be courageous, for I am with you. Wow. Now, Stephen is demonstrating that Jesus Christ, the Son of God, is also with him. And he knew it. And he was walking under the power of Jesus right then, not looking for it to come, but he knew he already had it with him. And that's what every one of us, I don't care if you're R.V. age, or Matthew age, or Clinton age, the power of Jesus is awesome in his children. And we need to stop being bashful. Walk across the street when the Spirit said, go across and talk to that person. Get on out Just hey, I just want to say hello to you. How are things going? Is there anything I can pray for you? Oh, do you know uh, my Lord Jesus? He loves you so much.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Oh, my baby is sick. Can I pray for your baby right now? Let's just watch Jesus heal your baby right now. Mm-hmm. Are you ready? You know why there's not enough healing among us right now? Because we don't believe Jesus can heal others through us. We, right in this room, need to stop doubting the power that Jesus has given us. Power, didn't y'all sing that song? That's power in the name of what? Oh, y'all bash, that's power in the name of who? Who? Jesus. That's right. And don't ever doubt that again from this day forward. Don't doubt Jesus. And don't doubt what he is sending you to do. I don't care if you're 16 or 17 years old, Jesus is still Jesus. Amen. Oh, glory to God. I got one amen back there. <laughs> okay? So understanding this. He was full of faith. That means he believed in what he was doing. Because he believed in the one who was what? Right sending him. He believed in him. He did not doubt. If it was impossible to Stephen, it was possible. Are you hearing me? And you know what? That upset things in Jerusalem because they've never seen faith like this by a common man. Okay? Okay? All these religious leaders walking around in their fancy robes and things, they had all the knowledge and wisdom of God, supposedly, but they didn't have any power. They were fruitless. They were terrible. So, there's nobody now is walking around and he's speaking and things are happening. And I imagine that those religious leaders may have been thinking, I thought we got rid of their leader. I thought we shut this down. Huh? And that, aren't this the way you and I are supposed to be thinking? That, wait a minute, Dave, he's just like Jesus. Wait a minute, he, he's just like Jesus. Look at the same results.
1: Amen.
0: So there's not supposed to be any difference, Shelley. There's not supposed to be any difference. And so, I might get excited up here if y'all agree with me. So he was full of power, faith and power, did great wonders and signs among the people. And let me tell you something. Jerusalem had over a million people. Its population was huge. And this man went out in the marketplace. He went out in the streets and highways and byways. He went in the alleys, Clinton. There was no place this man didn't go. And when he went, things happened from heaven. And they knew this brother was sent by God. They knew that he was sent by Jesus. Because when Stephen spoke the name of Jesus, can you imagine all them demons hiding out in them alleyways? Can you imagine? <laughs> And here comes Stephen, and I can imagine the demons of hell. Uh-oh, here we go again. <laughs> here come again. And this man marched in the enemy's territory in the name of Jesus, conquering those in which the enemy was held in captive. At the name of Jesus, can you imagine the number of priests being held captive in the spirit world by demon spirits, the spirits of unbelief, the spirits of doubt? And here comes Stephen with the power of the Holy Ghost speaking the word of God to these people and all of a sudden, those demons went to screeching, and in the name of Jesus, they came out and these men began to hear the gospel for the first time in their lives Mm -hmm. and they surrendered to the Lordship of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Mm -hmm. They didn't have it, yeah. Give God some glory, that's right, Somebody. These men had no problem believing in God They had a problem believing in Jesus Because you remember the night in which Jesus was Betrayed and you read it in John chapter 14 verse 1 do you remember the Words of Jesus to his disciples in that upper room he said Let not your heart be troubled you believe in God believe Also in me So, the common Jew did not have a problem believing in God, right? But they had a problem believing in Jesus. And when Stephen came along, oh, that was about to change again. He went out into places that Lord Jesus himself didn't go. He treaded on serpents, and he walked on scorpions, just as Jesus said in Luke chapter 10 to his disciples. He said, I'm going to give you some power Power to tread on serpents power to tread on scorpions and you shall stomp them And they were by no means shall they hurt you And this man went and he faced those scorpions and he faced those serpents and he walked on their heads He trampled them the way the Greek is transformed Stephen trampled them Just like Jesus said they would in Luke chapter 10 In the name of Jesus, them darn demons got out the way. Are you hearing me? And people began to fall down before Jesus in the spirit like crazy. And can you imagine people plagued with demonic spirit? In the name of Jesus, Stephen was casting them out. Come out of here. And in the same thing, deaf and dumb spirit. That caused people not to talk and cause people not to hear. Stephen was casting them out in the name of Jesus. Mm-hmm. Okay? Spirit of epilepsy. Yes, there's a spirit that caused epilepsy. Read the text. Mm-hmm. Stephen casting them out. People who were paralytics, crippled. Stephen, in the name of Jesus, healed them. Okay? Mm-hmm. And he did it all so that people could believe in who? Jesus. Yeah. That was the whole purpose. So Stephen was out there, I mean he was doing it. And all of a sudden, we're going to see what happened next. Look at it. Then there arose some from what is called the synagogue of the Freemen, or the Cyrenians, and Alexandrian, those around, come from around Egypt, those had migrated up to uh, Jerusalem, and those from Sicily in Asia disputing with Stephen. You know the devil get mad when you get taking his, his property, right? He gets mad when you go to interfering with his business. He gets mad when you start uprooting uprooting his power, his kingdom. That's what Stephen was doing in the name of Jesus. Now these supposedly be men of God. These groups that was just named, these were supposed to be God-fearing men. But they were blinded to the truth. They were so engulfed in things being the way that they say Moses, was, Moses had taught. That they refused to believe anything about this new doctrine. What is the new doctrine? The doctrine of Jesus Christ. They refused to believe anything about him. So they figured, well, we might as well stop him now. Why? Because Stephen was in their face and he was speaking God's truth to them. And he showed them from the gospel of the Old Testament everything that they had studied, everything they had learned about the coming Messiah was fulfilled in Jesus. And they didn't like it. Because their lives were so wrapped around the law so wrapped around the sacrificial system and so wrapped around the priesthood that they literally could not see the truth that God had sent Jesus. He had finally sent the Messiah to deliver them. And they didn't want to believe it. And what they were supposed to be doing is placing their trust in Jesus, just like Stephen did, and going out doing the same thing Stephen did. But instead of doing that, they wanted to fight him. They wanted to shut him up. And let me tell you, I've seen it in churches where people get mad at some brothers or some sisters because they are able to do something that they can't do or won't do. Okay, in the spirit. And you all have seen them. They call division in the church all the time. In some cases, they even call church to do what? Split. Because you got a brother or sister that's being faithful according to the gospel of Jesus Christ, carrying the gospel from place to place, and you then so-called made them mad. Instead of joining in with you, they want to fight you. I've had that happen to me many times over the years. But you can't give up. Look on. So disputing, that's really a watered-down version of what the Greek word there means. That means, Mark, they came in sharp disagreement that they were literally, Mr. David, like this at each other. Face-to-face going at it. And these people were so angry at him, they probably could see the steam coming out their faces at him. But he didn't back down. I mean the Holy Spirit did for this brother just as God told the prophet Jeremiah. He said, I will make your face iron to them. Okay? What does that mean? That means that when they get in your face, you'll be able to withstand it. Because you got some people that will get in your face. They'll hurt you with their words if you're not careful. If you're weak-minded, you'll melt. Jeremiah didn't. Stephen didn't. Amen? Amen. So that word disputing is really a mildness of what the language called for. I mean, they were going at it. It was a nasty battle. And couldn't you see the demon behind this battle? Mm -hmm. They were just itching them on. Get him. Mm -hmm. Get him. So they're mad. I mean, not just mad. I mean, they are very angry. And they want to take this brother out. And verse 11. And they were not able to resist the wisdom. And the spirit by which he spoke. That is huge right there. Are you hearing me? This is huge. That means Stephen knew what he was talking about. He was more diverse on understanding the scriptures than any of the priests were. And he. Not made it known to them in a negative way of like, in your face, I'm embarrassing you. Okay? No. He proved to them everything that they were teaching was wrong. Everything they believed in was wrong. Because it was contrary to the word of God that spoke about Jesus. He showed them all the way back. Stephen would take them all the way back and show them how wrong they were. And when they tried to argue against him, they had two strikes. First of all, Stephen had the wisdom of God in him. Mm -hmm. And it said he had the spirit in him, the Holy Ghost. No one can resist the Holy Ghost in you and shut you down. Okay? Now when the spirit is at work, who can make him be quiet? Mm -hmm. No one can. Mm -hmm. No one can shut you up when the Holy Ghost is at work. Are you hearing me? And so, you got some sharp-tongued people out here. You got some people that will eat you up and spit you out. Okay? But if you know what you're talking about, you're able to stand your ground. And the only way you're able to know what you're talking about, you must know God's word. Because that's what Jesus said on the night he was betrayed. He said these words. He said, he who has my words and obey them. It is he who loves me. Mm-hmm. So how are you going to have the word if you don't know the word? Mm-hmm. That means you got to get in there and study. And so Stephen, standing there, whew, he became the greatest defender of Jesus in the gospel. Mm-hmm. I would have loved to sit under this brother.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And he held his ground. And let me tell you something. You remember what Jesus told the apostles? He said, listen, in that upper room, he said, on that day, they're going to come to you, and some of you, they're going to kill. Some of you, they're going to beat. And others, they're going to put out of the synagogue, thinking they're doing God a service. He said, but don't you worry about it. He said, they're even going to bring you for magistrates. He said, but on that day, don't you worry about what you're going to say. Because in that hour, the Holy Spirit will speak for you. Each time these men got in Stephen's face, who you think was speaking? The Holy Spirit spoke. Yes, God, by the Spirit was speaking. Okay? And that's what's required for you and I. And the only way that that can happen, we must be sensitive to God's Spirit. Not sometime, but what? all the time we must be sensitive when God is moving in the scriptures we must see the scriptures come alive to us we must see God fulfilling his word right now in the 21st century we must believe what God was doing back then he's also doing what right now and we must believe that Jesus has he empowered those brothers then he has also empowered us what right now we must believe that. And if we're believing that and walking in it, guess what's going to happen? Things are going to happen. I can see Crystal right now walking right in the middle of Walmart. Listen, you men and women of Walmart, thus said the Lord. <laughs> <laughs> Boy, that one to go the way I want it.
1: <laughs>
0: so, uh, but anyway... Not that quite dramatic, but <laughs> but look what Jesus would do, though. It may be a case like that. I mean, I've heard of people jumping up on dining room tables at restaurants and say, hey, let me tell you about Jesus. If you don't believe in the Lord Jesus Christ right now and place your trust in him, you're going to hell. Uh oh, somehow a movie theater. (laughs) You must place your trust in the Lord Jesus Christ and be led by the Spirit of God. Okay. So then they secretly induce men to say, first of all, secretly tell us that there was a conspiracy. That these men just now, they, they got together and they conspired to take him out. Does that sound familiar? Yes. A few years earlier, that had happened to who? Jesus. Jesus. Yes. They conspired to take him out. And now they're going, I thought we got rid of one radical, now there's another one?
1: They're everywhere.
0: They're everywhere. So now we got to, as we took care of that one, we got to take care of this one. But here's the big question. Will you allow them to say that about you in the 21st century, in 2016? Will you become like this one? Will I become like this? And I've been praying the Holy Spirit to help me to become like this one then I'm hoping he will answer my prayer. I ask Lord Jesus to make me like that. Make me more bold, more radical, up your face with the power of the Holy Ghost delivering the gospel and watching people get saved, surrendered, delivered, healed, you name it, in the name of Jesus for the purpose of glorifying Jesus. Amen. Amen. That's what I wanted. Yep. And so now the enemy is literally speaking madder than hell. And you know what? They're about to do something about it. Mm-hmm. We got to shut him up at any means Hmm I haven't seen this kind of preaching in the United States that required that would cause men and women to conspire We got to shut him up. We got to shut her up. Have you seen this kind of Dave? You've been around a lot longer than I am. You, you, you and Dirt are good friends <laughs> So <laughs> <laughs> Y'all to get it in the back. I got it. He <laughs> <You> did. <laughs> but listen, that <laughs> you all. <laughs> that's right. dirt. <laughs> that's right. You <laughs> told You remember that. And so, everybody, why don't we just make new ground here for the Holy Ghost? Then allow Him to make new ground with us. Let's do this in the name of Jesus because we love him. Are you ready to be radicalized like this by the Holy Spirit? I am. I mean, I'm serious. Y'all sitting there going, "Uh uh-huh, and leave church and you forget all about it. Now, I'm serious. I I am so ready. For God to make a difference in people, oh, they're going to run. They're coming for some witness of Christ because they're coming with power. Oh, yeah. Now they're going to come out and say, bring the babies. Go, go get grandma. She's sick. Bring her out in the streets uh-huh. so that we can pray for them. Amen. Amen? Yeah. Go get drunk, Bob, and bring them up here. Uh-huh. I am so ready for this.
1: We need A gospel yeah.
0: march. A gospel march. I'm going to show you the gospel watch. Put one foot in front of the other, walk right on out the door and find the nearest person and say, hey, Jesus loves you. Nice. That's your gospel part. But we do need one. Yeah. Yes, and a means to get that out there. Plan it. And so listen, as we getting ready to prepare for communion, notice now we haven't even gotten into the trial part yet. We're still getting in the, in the leading up part here so they went and found some men and they said we have heard him speak blasphemous words against moses and against god notice they could not attack the work that this man was doing notice they could not attack the miracles because what's done is done because remember the man that was lame and peter and john going into the temple The man was at the gate waiting, begging for alms. Mm -hmm. Remember what the priest said? They said, we cannot deny that a miracle has taken place. Right? But they couldn't speak against the works of Stephen. They knew people had been healed. They knew people had been delivered. They knew people had been saved. The evidence was plain. Very powerful. But instead of attacking the works because they knew it wouldn't stand. What did they do? They did the same thing they did to Jesus. They couldn't attack the works that Jesus was doing because they stood, right? Mm-hmm. Everybody knew Jesus walked on the water. Mm-hmm. Everybody knew he had fed 5,000 at one time and 4,000 another time. Everybody knew Jesus had raised the dead and called the dumb to speak and the blind to see. Mm-hmm. Everybody knew that he had cast demons out of people. Did they not? Yep. Mm-hmm. So they couldn't They couldn't attack the works. And
1: the leopards.
0: But what they did do, they attacked the man. Mm -hmm. They attacked this character by running and saying, this Jesus had called himself a king, and there's only one king for us, and that's Caesar. Mm -hmm. Now, that got Pilate's attention, didn't it? When you speak against the emperor, Mm -hmm. that got Pilate's attention. Mm -hmm. So now, these people know how to attack Jesus' servant named Stephen. They couldn't attack Jesus and they couldn't attack the works that Stephen was doing. But they attacked his character mm-hmm. by saying, oh, he's coming with another doctrine mm-hmm. and he's speaking against the doctrine that Moses have taught us. Uh-oh. That's now they're saying he's worthy of death by doing that. Mm-hmm. Because that's a death sentence. They're saying his character has changed. He has changed now. He's no longer walking with us in the law of Moses. He's now teaching against it. Mm-hmm. Until heartline Jews that got their attention. Mm-hmm. Right. And now they finally could say, we got him. We got him. Hmm. And notice how the laws today are being written about marriage, about relationships, and about where you can speak and teach this gospel. Notice they are not speaking against that itself. They're setting the laws up that they can attack you, the person. Did you notice that? They can't stop this. But if they attack you, The person charge you with discrimination such as you own a bakery and you refuse to bake cakes for The wedding of same-sex couple Now they can come after you the person not the gospel that says that you can't do that notice They never put the gospel on trial. Have you noticed that? They never say we're calling God to the witness stand We're now gonna file charges against Jesus No, what do they do? They attack God's children Personally, just like these clowns are doing during their day. They're attacking the man because they can't stop the gospel. They cannot attack the spirit. You let them speak words against the Holy Ghost. They knew what that meant. That wasn't stupid. And they understood the word blasphemous. They knew that. They knew if they blaspheme against God, they're going to be taken out. So they go after the man and they stirred up the people the elders and the scribes and they came upon him seized him, and brought him to the council. We get ready to do communion. So nasty bunch of people We may not be able to shut you up and stop the power that way and stop this name of Jesus from spreading but we can certainly get you the person we can destroy you the person we can destroy you and harm you to such a point that we shut you the person down because in Oregon that's what they did they shut the people down they couldn't stop their beliefs But they can sure stop them from selling baked goods by pulling their license to sell. Am I right? They can certainly fire a clerk in Kentucky for refusing to sign marriage certificates. And other persecutions that they're doing legally by the law because they know they can't change the Word of God. So they come out to God's people. Another way. They think they're smarter than God. But they just wait and see. Some of them going to get saved. Just like them same priests that was against Jesus. Some of them are now saved. Hello. (laughs) Tell me God don't know what he's doing. And so. As we close this day out. So they came up on him. I got to understand that language. Mr. Dave and I, I'm a little bit younger than, well, a whole lot younger than you. He's thinking on you. Okay. (laughs) So Mark and I, Mark and I are close in age, and Dave and I are the same age. And Tamara. But we are. We realize that. And so... In our day, we would have said, I don't know if y'all heard the term, they bum rushed him. And so they they, they bum rushed him. Bam! All of them. And they drug him before the High Court of Israel. That's what the council, the Greek name there, Sanhedrin, for council. And so they brought him again before the High Court of Israel of Israel. That's where all these guys with their fancy robes and phylacteries and all that stuff, and now he has to explain himself to them, just like they made his master, our master, Jesus Christ, do. Wow. Have things changed? No. Not on their part, but on the service of God, yes, they got more bolder. And so it says here they also set up false witnesses who said this man does not cease to speak blasphemy words against this holy place and the law. Got that? They're ta- he, he's speaking bad words against the temple. And he's speaking bad words against the law of Moses. Uh oh. Hmm. For we have heard him say that this Jesus of Nazareth will destroy this place and change the customs which Moses delivered to us. And all who sat in the council looking steadfastly at him saw his face as the face of an angel. I can only imagine Stephen sitting there and watching all these raven wolves looking at him wanted to tear him to pieces and all they could see is fresh meat and yet he remains steadfast in who he is in Christ Jesus our Lord in the face of opposition and he probably at this point thinking things are going to get really bad and God in heaven knows things about to get what really bad for his servant Lord Jesus know things about to get really bad for his son They knew that So now the Holy Spirit is preparing him Watch the transformation that takes place in this man's life Instantly right there right then and there Watch God change this man. It had already changed in the physical sense mark That now the people are looking at him. They think they're looking at an angel And I imagine some of them have been thinking we should have put our hands on him. And others, it made them even more angry. Mm. And for the rest of the story, you must come back next week. (laughs) To be continued. To be continued. We're now preparing our hearts and minds to shift over to communion. But... God Has really caused us to be like Stephen What an amazing man of God a faithful witness of Jesus Christ and He has determined Or like some political folks like to say he have resolved To be nothing less than like Jesus Nothing less Mark And could you imagine? I I would like to know what his family was like. Wow. If he was married or had kids, or his brothers and sisters, or if his parents were still living. I wonder what they were like, what they felt looking at this man, knowing his reputation. And I'd like to know what the church was like at that time when they heard that they had just arrested Stephen. I would love to have known what was going through the mind of Peter and John and James. James had not yet been beheaded. I'd like to know what they were thinking. I assure you that once the word got back, those brothers were down on their knees. And I'm not so sure if Mary, Jesus' mother, was still in Jerusalem. And Mary Magdalene, because if they'd have heard, I know Mary would have had them praying. Because she would have remembered the time in which they did this very thing to her son. Because all the apostles are still alive except Judas. And they're, they're reliving these moments this, uh, of the tragic that happened to Lord Jesus, his crucifixion. And one of those people that's in that crowd when, when, that, that had gathered together against this man was one named Saul. You'll hear more about him later. And so that day, whew. The will of God sometimes is beyond us to understand. God may be calling you right now to lay down your arms the way you live life and to become totally radicalized for Jesus. I'm telling you that's the life that Jesus said so if anyone desires to follow me let him pick up his cross deny himself and follow me picking up the cross I mean it's an emblem of death that means you're carrying out your own death sentence every head bow before we're going to communion I want to ask you this question such a powerful message God only gave us the backdrop today on what yet lies ahead in this sermon series about Stephen and the Acts of the Apostles every head bow please I ask you those that heard the message today Where are you right now in your walk with Lord Jesus? Are you at the point where you can really walk away from knowledge general? Are you at the point you can walk away from whatever it is that you're doing for the sole purpose of serving Jesus? And keep in mind, God knows you got kids to take care of a wife to feed and a house payments to make God knows your mother you already know these things a grandparent or a single person whatever your life status is are you willing to follow the leading of the Holy Spirit whatever he's calling you to right now are you willing to do that Because Stephen's life is a demonstration that he was willing to do it, and he did it. And now he's at the pinnacle of life where there's no downward slope for him but death. That's the calling he accepted. And if you can't say that to Jesus right now, if any of us can't say that to him right now, then we have to reevaluate ourselves. We have to go back to Jesus and say, Lord, I need some help here. Because you called me to be unconditionally in love with you. And with that comes sacrifice. It. If it means walking away from everything as I know it and starting anew in you. If that's you, if you're ready to do that, will you tell the Lord right now? to Lord, whatever you have for me, I want it. And if you can't do that, then tell him, just be honest with him. So Lord Jesus, I'm not so sure I'm ready for that, but will you help prepare me? If your heart is truly honest with him, guess what he'll do? He knows your hesitation. He also knows your eagerness. And so as i pray and prepare you for communion you talk to the lord about that you talk to him and no longer look at ministry as a way in which we have laid it out for you look at it in a way that god has laid it out for you to be total radical do things that nobody else done before for the gospel's sake but making lord jesus known because that's what stephen was doing i mean he went outside the mold the profile of doing church as usual Right, he got out there. And the evidence was clear. The signs and wonders and all of that, the salvations followed that brother. And it upset people. But if you're not willing to face opposition, don't tell Jesus yes. Because the cross means oppos- opposition. When it comes, every head bowed now, Father, in the name of Jesus. As we're here today in Jesus' name, we're asking you to examine our hearts and we want you to know or help us know that if our words are real to you, do we really mean what we've been saying all along? Or is it just a way to make the ears of God happy in the moment? Lord for that one that truly means it. So Lord if it's your desire for me to walk away from what I'm currently doing and start afresh in you, I'm willing to do it. And Lord if it's the one that's saying, Lord Jesus I want to but I quite don't know how we know that you will help him or her. And for the teenagers that's facing all kinds of peer pressure and school regulations, Lord, you know how to help them work around those too. Because there's no one wiser than you. And so, Lord, as your people seek your face now, Jesus, I'm asking that you answer their prayers. And, Lord, will you check our hearts out and see where we've fallen short of the glory of God? Will you forgive us for our sins as we prepare to take communion in honor of you? To remember you having your body broken for us and your blood shed? Will you help us now, Lord? As we confess to you whatever sins that we haven't brought to you before. Forgive us, Lord. Wash us afresh in your blood. And we're not asking you to be crucified afresh. We're just simply asking you, Jesus, to make us whole again. Wash away the dirt that our feet have come in contact with. Because we know we've already been cleaned by your blood. And now, Lord, if we prepare your table, we're saying thank you for preparing a table for us in the presence of our enemies. In your precious name we pray. Amen. And amen. Keep on playing, sister. Brother me you going to help you?
1: Yeah.
0: Okay, got it. Just a second. This is the Apostle Paul and is right into the church in Corinth. It's preparing them to do communion correctly before the Lord Jesus Christ to honor him and before God our Father and he's going to tell them exactly how they're to do it not come drunk not come with a feast but simply come with unleavened bread and the wine and to prepare the hearts to honor Lord Jesus God's only son who gave up his life for our life so here we are Paul at this juncture in his letter to the Corinthian church listen to the words of the Holy Spirit speak to the this young church for I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you That the Lord Jesus, on the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread, and it would have been a loaf, and it probably would have been flat, because it was unleavened. Otherwise, it had it not. Yeast has not caused it to rise because they they didn't use it at that time. But for us tonight. Today, we'll just use this little waffle, a wafer, not waffle. <laughs> and there, representing the unleavened bread, on the night in which Lord Jesus was crucified, or arrested at least, he took the bread and he looked up to heaven and he gave thanks. Father, thank you for this bread. And we're saying father thank you in Jesus name for this bread because it represents the body of your son Jesus that was broken for us and as we crack the wafer we're saying that Lord Jesus you broke your body for me and when he had given thanks he broke it and said take eat this is my body which is broken for you Do this in remembrance of me. I want to speak to the children while they're (coughs) serving Communion. Communion means fellowship. That means we're coming in fellowship with the Lord Jesus Christ. That means to come and spend time to have a relationship with him. That's what we're doing today, and we're doing it in remembrance of him being beaten the night and the day that he was crucified. He was beat bad. Anyone can take communion. Jesus did not exempt children. He did not put a restriction on them. So if you peel back the first layer, I will encourage you to have your children take communion. And when the are older, explain to them why. Just peel back the first layer, the little thin layer, and it exposes the wafer. And then the second thicker layer will reveal the wine. In your case, juice. Take this the bread and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. So the night in which he was betrayed took the bread and broke it. Break it. And he said, Take and eat and do this often as you remember me. I've already given thanks. Likewise, in the same manner, he also took the cup after supper. Father, we thank you. For the blood of our Lord Jesus Christ that was shed for us. Lord Jesus, you told us that there was no shedding of blood, there will be no forgiveness of sin. Lord, we believe in you and we trust you with our very lives. that by you shedding your blood, you made atonement for us. So that when we stand before you on the day of judgment, we are already forgiven. Thank you, Father, for the blood of your son, Jesus. So I took the cup to so the new covenant in my blood. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. gone out that night to the to the Garden of Gethsemane on their way thank you and they would have been singing songs happy because still at this point the disciples have no idea what's coming they're happy. They're rejoicing. Until all of a sudden, Lord Jesus says to eight of them, Stay here. And he took Peter, James, and John, and he walked a little farther into the garden. And then he told them to stay there. He told them to stay, watch, and pray. And he went a little farther, the Bible says, by a rock throw away from him, about 20 or 30 meters, fell on his face, and began to pray and cry out with great agony to the Father. In a short while, the harmony and peace that these men were used to would be taken away from them. And Jesus knew that. And he would pray three times and he would come back and tell them. But yet, it had not entered their hearts what was about to happen until they heard the commotion of the crowd coming with the lanterns and with their staves and their clubs and they would take hold of Lord Jesus and Peter pulls out the sword and the only one standing there to defend the Lord He was ready for battle. But that wasn't a battle that God wanted him to fight. Jesus had to be arrested that night. So you remember that when you go home. As we get ready to approach Easter, as you all know it, the correct term is Passover. It's just a few weeks from us right now that's what you got to be facing you got to be willing to carry a cross just like Lord Jesus did Stephen carried a cross and he was crucified also not in the sense of being nailed to it but he was stoned to death do you think about that this week because that's what God wants us to do amen all right, all hearts and minds clear? Mm-hmm. All right, give God some glory. A beautiful time in the Lord. What you you... Okay.
1: Everybody bow your heads with me, please. Um, we want to thank you, Jesus, for um, what you did for us that day on the cross. Um, We would like to ask that you help us to be more like Stephen and spread your word, give us strength to go out there and do that, Um, um, and just be with us throughout the week. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen.
0: All right, God bless you.